So yeah, this is a song that, that um, I'm a huge C.S. Lewis fan, and one of the biggest reasons why I love his writing is because there's this longing in every page of, of his fiction and his nonfiction. And I think that that's something that resonates with me. He doesn't create worlds that uh, are picture perfect, but they feel real. They feel like um, they could exist. And that's because um, it feels like this, this world here where we're all longing for things to be set right. And um, so that's what this, this is a song about. It's called This Is Home. And I wanted to write a song about that longing. And I also wanted to squeeze in there a paraphrase of C.S. Lewis's line, um, basically the idea that if all these things exist and this longing exists in me, um, for perhaps I was created for this world that, that I've actually never been in. You know, maybe that the idea that I'm, this longing was created in me to propel me to, to find my creator. So this is a song called This Is Home. Welcome to Switchfoot Song Stories, a fan-run and operated podcast, not affiliated with Switchfoot. All right, my guest on the show this week is Justin Wiggins. He is an author that has been heavily influenced by the work of C.S. Lewis and who I would consider to be a modern day C.S. Lewis. I've said many times, John Foreman and of course, Switchfoot. We're going to talk all about it today. Uh, Justin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it, my friend. So you and I have been connected on social media for a good while now. Uh, I think mainly because our love of Switchfoot. Um, we're both authors. We both like to travel, although I think you have me beat in terms of world travels. <laughs> Where all have you been just in the last handful of years? So in the last few years, I have been to England, Scotland, and Ireland. I always go when I can find affordable ways to go. And of all places, Ireland is certainly my favorite. C.S. Lewis was born and bred in Ireland. He was a born in Belfast, so he was an Ulster man. And although England is beautiful, and it's certainly worth going to see all the places associated with him and Tolkien and Oxford, Ireland is where he was from and all of the geography of Northern Ireland, especially County Down and the Morn Mountains um, and, the, and the County Antrim Coast inspired his Narnia books and some of his other books. That is really cool. I'm jealous. I've not been to any of those. So I've been to a, a whole bunch of states and cities, but I've not been able to go to one of those yet. So, um, but that's pretty cool. And definitely you can tell just the inspiration of your own writing and then, you know, to be in the physical places of CS and some other amazing writers is awesome. Um, you have uh, you've written several books, but the one that we'll talk about the most today is the one called Surprised by Agape. This one in particular, as I mentioned, lots of connections. C.S. Lewis and Narnia and Switchfoot. We'll talk about the song This Is Home, um, which also connects all those dots. Um, but I was uh, checking out some of from the book. Uh, I like how in the intro, um, which could you know give our listeners a little bit of a peek. Um, in the introduction of that book, it says, uh, from your words, it says, my literary hero, the Irish scholar C.S. Lewis, chose to call his conversion story from atheism to theism, surprised by joy. I've chosen to call my own story surprised by agape. 
This is the story of how I came to embrace faith in Christ from agnosticism by asking philosophical questions, searching for meaning, personal experiences of pain, love, and joy, and by meeting people of other worldviews. Um, obviously, the book, for those who want to check it out, will have a much deeper look, more detail um, than what we can get into in one conversation, but we can have a little glimpse of it. Tell us about uh, a little bit about your journey of you know, what you mentioned in that introduction, um, maybe what led you to write this particular book and uh, just kind of an intro to your story. Sure. So I grew up in the church in, <clears throat> excuse me, in Eastern North Carolina. And although I was thankful to be raised in the church and to have the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love taught to me by my family, I had a really negative experience with Southern Free Will Baptist theology. And now, of course, everyone doesn't have a negative experience. Everyone has their own unique life narrative. But for me, it was really difficult. Um, that culture was meshed with that particular theological paradigm. And I had a lot of doubts and questions. And it was uh, frowned upon to question things. And I didn't have a solid father figure, so that was at, certainly at the root of the agnosticism. So there was the worldview and identity confusion. And over the years, <clears throat> it finally came out full force, and it was very difficult, very challenging. And when I discovered Switchfoot's music, I found it to be very unique. I, of course, grew up listening to some of the CCM bands like Casting Crowns and uh, DC Talk and uh, Newsboys and, and Barlow Girl and Skillet. They're all great, but for me, Switchfoot was different. I really appreciated how they described themselves as making music for thinking people, and I really loved their sound because I also grew up hearing a lot of, uh, sorry, I grew up listening to a lot of U2 and Bob Dylan, Bob Marley, The Beatles, Simon and Garfunkel, Celtic Music, mm -hmm. The Police. And I heard that, I heard all of those influences in their music. So their music helped me to articulate doubts and questions that I had. It was incredible mm -hmm. getting to see them live. My first time seeing a band live was when they were on their Habitat for Humanity tour with Reliant K and Ruth. And that was incredible. And so eventually their song this is home for the prince caspian movie that they wrote really had a it had a powerful effect on me and i remember watching this youtube video of john foreman talking about this uh yearning and longing that c.s lewis wrote about and although i remember vague references to him growing up i never read him and so i was 18 a confused agnostic uh finally realized that I was an agnostic and um, was searching for meaning and purpose. And I thought, well, if John is referencing this C.S. Lewis writer, perhaps he's worth checking out. So, And I didn't grow up a voracious reader. Um, in fact, I had a bit of a stuttering issue. And um, I thought it would be worth reading Lewis. And after listening to John's solo work which i really loved i still remember when his fall ep first came out and hearing southbound train at a small coffee shop in winston-salem and i was so moved by it 
and his music kept having a powerful effect on me and it roused that yearning and longing that Lewis called joy. The German word is Zinzuk, the transcendent joy that we have for our creator out <laughs> right here in time. And um, so I related to that yearning and longing he wrote about. And I had a, so I got a one volume set of all the Narnia books and I remember reading the creation story of the magician's nephew, and that was my first, really, not the first experience, but I would say the first really poignant experience of that Zinzuk, that joy that I could not rationalize and I couldn't explain it away. It's just a, an emotional reaction going on in the body. I, I just... I didn't accept, you know, scientific materialism or rationalism or um, empiricism as a way of explaining away everything. I just found it simply not true, in all of honesty. And so after I read that creation story of the magician's nephew, I finally understood why Christ told stories in the first century to the poor, the freak, and the, bro the broken, and the outcast. And... After I read all the other Narnia books, I got a copy of Mere Christianity, and I found it absolutely fascinating. It was a, a dry work of systematic theology. It was exciting. Um, I found <laughs> Lewis's arguments very powerful. I really loved the way he brought together reason, faith, imagination, and your own personal experience coming together by grace. I love the fact that he uh, that he was Irish and also friends with J.R.R. Tolkien. And so after I read Narnia and Mere Christianity, I had a very gradual conversion. And then I read anything by him I could get my hands on. He helped me to find my voice as a writer, led me to other writers like George MacDonald, the Bronte sisters, Jane Austen, um, Tolkien, of course, and other some other Irish writers like William Butler Yeats and Seamus Haney. And this whole world of art opened up to me and i saw the val the value of myth and storytelling and that old bardic tradition and the the way imagination and faith come together and the way the 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 mind and the heart come together if you will and so um uh eventually though things took a drastic turn in my life when I was at East Carolina University. I had just finished at community college and the worst things in my life happened at Eastern North Carolina. I'm sorry, Eastern Carolina University, <laughs> East Carolina University. And just years and years and years of father abandonment issues full force that I thought I had dealt with came out and I was having really difficult lows of depression. Um, and I found it really alarming and unsettling. I started to develop a really bizarre sleeping pattern, and there were manic highs and lows, and I saw different doctors and counselors, and I eventually, unfortunately, got to a place where I just couldn't bear it any longer. The pain was so intense, and I found it horrifying that I couldn't function and struggled with anger towards the idea of a good and loving God. And although I didn't reject my faith in Christ, I certainly would say I went through a period of atheism, or at least it felt like that. And there were two suicide attempts, unfortunately, two hospitalizations. <clears throat> and so 
that was really difficult to go through and it wasn't easy to write about and surprised by agape and it's certainly not easy to talk about in conversation but as i have found that uh being honest about your story allows you to become a wounded healer as henry now and put it so poignantly and so after all that dark night of the soul i flopped out of ec ecu i worked barista jobs for a couple of years and then eventually i moved to the mountains of north carolina after being invited to a C.S. Lewis Inklings retreat, I finished my last two years at Montreat College, and it was in between that time of community college, so between 2012 and 2017, I was working on Surprised by Agape. I didn't know where it would go. Uh, I didn't know any publishers, and I just kept writing and revising, and I ended up connecting with this publisher, uh, in Yorkshire, England, his name is Grant Hudson of Claren in the House Publications, through a C.S. Lewis Facebook page, <clears throat> and eventually he offered a contract for Surprise by Agape, and Grant Hudson of Claren in the House Publications changed my life. I was absolutely terrified because I'd never written a book before, um, but fortunately I had some very good uh, friends that are academics and teachers and scholars to critique it and offer endorsements. Dr. Don King of Montreat College, he's a great C.S. Lewis scholar, a very good friend, very humble, very kind. And uh, Scottish friend David Jack, he translates the Scottish novels of George MacDonald into English. And so John Foreman and C.S. Lewis and George MacDonald all inspired that book. And in that book, I wanted to write about how I found healing and hope after going through depression and that dark night of the soul. And also I wanted to capture the healing power of music and literature and art. And it was John's music that sowed the seed for discovering the great Irish Ulsterman's writings. And I wanted to write that book for people of all worldviews because John Foreman taught me years ago that you want to be honest about your faith in your work, but you know, you don't sit down and think about how you can convert someone through your writings. And that's not my approach. And he taught me that sacred secular either or is a really a false either or because faith encompasses all of life. So I'm a writer that is a Christian. I'm not a quote unquote Christian writer. And so in my daily life, <clears throat> I seek to live out my faith by grace and love people of all worldviews. Um, and I am immensely thankful for John Foreman's music and C.F. Lewis and George MacDonald's writings, um, and Switchfoot are an incredible band. They're so good live, as you know, their passion for their music is incredible, and I really appreciate how they have allowed me to make friends all over the world, such as yourself, uh, and I would not trade it for anything. That's awesome. You know, when I reached out to you about doing the song, This Is Home, I knew it had some connections with, you know, C.S. Lewis and your writing and all that stuff. Um, so I thought that'd be a good fit. But as you were talking there, I really had no idea that it was actually that song and John Foreman talking about C.S. Lewis from that song that made you look it up and then go down this deep dive, um, kind of a series of, you know, a chain of events that would lead to your work and a lot of impact in your life. So that's amazing. You also mentioned the word agape um, in that introduction as being your favorite Greek word. 
I don't know many Greek words, but out of the ones I do know, I would have to agree with you that that is my favorite. Um, I also went to the, uh, you know, Agape Music Festival in Illinois for many years. So shout out to all those people that went to those. But the thing is, like in the English language, we throw the word love around all the time. Like I could say I love the Chicago Cubs and I love tacos and I love my family. And those all have very, very different meanings. But in English, we just have the same word for it. Just the one word. Whereas agape is a very specific kind of love, like the highest form of love. And, you know, even in scripture, when we read a translated word love, the original language, there's, you know, three, maybe even four different original words in Greek used to describe it. So I don't know if you want to expand on that a little bit. Yes, that those are some very good points that you make about how poignant that word is and what it means and so for me jesus of nazareth embodied the agape love of the creator and when i was a confused agnostic and exploring different worldviews i I found other worldviews interesting but after asking the intellectual and existential questions and coming to that place of surrender and coming to understand that Christ came for the rescue of all of humanity and suffered a horrific death under the Romans and rose gloriously on that Easter Sunday in the first century, defeating death and the powers of darkness and offering hope in the here and now and what's to come. That to me was incredible. And I loved how Tolkien and Lewis wrote about Christianity being the true myth and all these fascinating dying and rising God stories from Norse mythology with Balder, uh, Adonis, uh, sorry, Adonis and Bacchus from Greek mythology came true in the Christian story that this actually happened. And that to me was a love to marvel at. And I became fascinated with the word agape. And I eventually got it as a tattoo on my right wrist as a reminder that Christ has an agape love for all of humanity and what I really found incredible about John Foreman is how he reflected that agape love in not only his music but in the good that he and the guys in Switchfoot have done in the world and in the times Mm -hmm. I've interacted with him I could just tell that he was very sincere and he truly does know the agape love of Christ and he's all honest about his doubts, but also honest about his faith and how doubts strengthen faith. And so his reflection of agape love in his life was really important to me before my conversion. And I have followed Switchfoot for years and uh, John Foreman as like yourself. And it's really encouraging to see them really living out that agape love in our really divided us versus them culture. And I find that incredibly encouraging. So a couple of fun facts about the song itself. This is home from the soundtrack. Narnia Prince Caspian might be one of my favorite Switchfoot songs. Actually, it probably is my favorite Switchfoot song that isn't on one of their albums. So they put it on the best of CD 
Um, and you know, we've talked before, even on the, the Facebook group, Switch with Facebook group, that that's quite a list of a collection of songs that they have that are, did not make one of their actual albums. But love this song. Love the couple times I've seen it play alive. Um, some fun facts about the song, though. It was the 17th most played song on U.S. contemporary Christian music radio stations in 2008. Uh, it was nominated for a Dove Award at the 40th GMA Dove Awards. And they performed the song on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno in May of that year. So it actually had quite a reach. Oh, many things. And I really like how you describe the song. And I didn't know all those particular details about it. I knew it had won an award. And I remember uh, learning about that years ago. But I didn't realize that it had such a powerful cult cultural impact mm -hmm. and i'm delighted by that because as you say it's a, an incredible song so that particular song <clears throat> brings to mind how at least in my life right now the mountains of north carolina have become home mm -hmm. i am thankful to have been raised from i'm thankful to uh that my roots started in eastern north carolina but that is no long and i have great respect for friends and family that live in that area but yes the mountains of north carolina are certainly home i love the landscape i have a great community and the song also evokes the yearning and longing that again lewis called joy and it's different for different people and for me that zinzuk transcendent joy is evoked by Celtic music, poetry of W.B. Yeats, T.S. Eliot, um, John Foreman's solo work, uh, the soundtrack to The Lord of the Rings, Tolkien's uh, Lord of the Rings, my favorite work of nonfiction, and the landscape of Ireland, Scotland, and England. Those, the, the beauty that all the landscape and the art evokes is brilliantly captured in that song. And I really love the lyrics. I uh, really love the particular line. We are miracles and we're not alone. That one's meant a lot to me. <clears throat> and I rejoice in the fact that that is actually true, that we aren't alone in the cosmos and that, Christ is with us and um, also love that the song conveys John Foreman's appreciation for Lewis and mm -hmm. a forward that I think it was a forward that he wrote to um, his father Mark Foreman's book Holy Jesus where he mentioned that Mark read the Narnia books to him and him when they were growing up and mm -hmm. I really find that moving so they grew up hearing about narnia and obviously that yearning and logging evoked in the lewis's wonderful mythology was ingrained in, from their psyche at a very young age and it certainly comes out in the song so that's those numerous yeah. uh things bring those numerous things come to mind uh that are evoked by that song yeah, for sure. I've got a couple quotes from John, as I often do on the show, and um, one of them may be the one you're referring to, or may obviously like sometimes in interviews he'll uh, he'll get asked about the same question a lot, so he may repeat it a few times. But 
This one says, the Narnia stories have a really special place in my brother Tim and my lives. Our dad used to read them to us at bedtime when we were boys. Our imaginations were shaped on these amazing novels. This is Home was inspired by the book. After rereading it for the opportunity to write for the film, I'm always taken by Lewis's ability to write about the bittersweet beauty in this world. This home we aren't really made for, but is the place we work out our humanity in the midst of our longing for our true home. So that's an incredible quote there. And then at another time, he said, um, we wanted to find a place where the song could emote the feelings of a six-year-old kid reading the books as a bedtime story. There are a lot of themes in the book and movie. So the goal was to see the movie through the eyes of a child. The song sums up a lot of Lewis's perception of pain, joy, beauty, and eternal life. At least it's our attempt to sum it all up and try to give a nod towards him. Uh those are two incredible quotes. Thanks for sharing those. Absolutely amazing stuff. And just how deep everything is, um, how they think through it all. And, uh, and again, for anyone who's what, well, you know, I like about the song too, is it could be a standalone song where if somebody doesn't even know CS Lewis or Narnia, like it's a great song in and of itself. It may make them think about heaven or their own uh, physical home or, memories like all this stuff um, but when you think of put the whole package together it just comes to life even more and another thought that i had about this song is you know most of the time and i would say this is true for your favorite band or whoever most of the time when you hear a song you probably have a favorite part whether it's the verse or i really like the chorus or i really like the bridge i like the guitar solo like there's always a song comes on, you're immediately thinking of like that favorite part. This is one of those songs that for me, I'm like, all right, I think it's a three-way tie. <laughs> the verses, the chorus, the bridge. Like, I don't know if I can pick a favorite. Like to me, it, it, it perfectly fits into the theme, the feeling musically, lyrically. Um, it's just brilliant altogether. So I don't know if, uh, I don't know if you agree with that or if you have like on this song and, uh, and it's completely normal if you do, if you have a specific, like the bridge or the chorus or something that's your favorite part. The chorus is certainly my favorite part. It reminds me of how far I have come in my life. When I look back on all the suffering and struggles with the <clears throat> existent, ex sorry, with the existential questions and all that confusion and all that darkness, how out of all of that came beauty and growth and incredible community, a balance between my reason and my emotions and a resurrected faith, renewed faith. And I can certainly see how the agape love of Christ sustained my life to the chorus of that song certainly brings that to mind. And in fact, I listened to that song before this podcast interview. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Doing your homework. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had, uh, it had been a while since I had listened to it. And then when you reached out and asked me to be on your podcast, uh, um, listened to it a, a few times and it brought back so many rich memories of hearing it for the first time and it's meant different mm -hmm. things to me at different places in my life 
and so uh yes it's certainly one of my favorites by them and thank you for sharing what it means yeah. to you as well one of the lyrics you mentioned i wrote down as one of my favorites as well we are miracles and we're not alone I love the uh, line that sets up the chorus as well. Created for a place I've never known, mm. which is like this simple yet deep line, which is kind of, you know, how many times have I thought about that or reflected on that very truth? My entire life is like, I'm not created for this place, but I've also, I've not, I'm not yet at that place. So it's like this longing and, and search as well. And then, you know, you mentioned, you know, some of the quotes from your book about that, like searching for meaning, you know, like um, uh, the book I wrote is called Searching for Seven. It's like the searching for God and searching for my own faith seven days a week. Mm. And they have a line in this song about after all my searching, after all my questions, I'm going to call it home. And like, I got a brand new mindset. I can finally see the sunset. Just amazing lyric after amazing lyric. So I guess one of my final questions to you, though, is, in that whole idea of, of searching, um, searching for truth, searching for home, how important is that for even someone out there who may, may or may not, um, you know, have a faith in Christ or, um, you know, like just this, this idea of searching for truth and beauty that Switchfoot so often talks about and that you mentioned as well, like how important is that in our lives? Immensely important because our postmodern us versus them culture is very difficult and it can be very hard to find authenticity and the search for meaning and purpose can be quite frightening so whatever someone's worldview that search shows that they are being honest with themselves and that they are seeking and yearning to be known, to be loved, to be a value, to be valued and appreciated. And it's also important in the context of how daily life and art correlate. I really enjoy talking with people, whether they're, you know, Christians or, or, Buddhist, Hindu, pagan, Muslim, Jew, atheist, agnostic, about the songs that they like or the films that move them, the um, uh, whatever work of art it might be. <clears throat> art is important to humanity, and I love how art brings people together, different worldviews, especially music, as it as is evident with the success that Switchfoot has had is the evidence with the book that you wrote inspired by their music. And I'm sure the book that you wrote has inspired and encouraged other people. So though that is really, it's, it's really amazing how people's lives are changed by works of art and evokes a, that sense of beauty and, and yearning and, longing and um so yes and, and goodness and beauty and truth art was how i came to a place of faith and <clears throat> i've really enjoyed learning from people of different worldview perspectives and um and i really appreciate that question 
that you ask. And I'm so thankful for Switch, for, for what Switchfoot has done for writing not cheesy, uh, quote unquote, you know, Christian music full filled with repetitive lyrics and hollow platitudes. They're really honest. And mm -hmm. as you were quoting Lewis, uh, John Foreman's quote about Lewis, I love how they're honest about the pain and suffering and brokenness in the world, but they're also honest about the beauty and goodness in the world. And that has brought hope to so many different people. And to me, that's absolutely incredible. And I just continue to marvel at their prolific output. You know, for example, John Foreman's most recent <clears throat> Departures album, absolutely mm -hmm. amazing. And they just continue to cultivate community and um, do good for the kingdom of God in the here and now and encourage others to do the same. And that's amazing, incredibly inspiring. Yeah. Super admirable and uh, just an incredible band to, to call our own, as they would also say, um, uh, just to inspire all these conversations that we're having with people from all over the globe as well. Uh, it was just quite a community and, and I uh, love doing it. Um, you had a chance to write about, John Foreman and Switchfoot, Christianity.com, right? Christianity.com. We'll post a link in the show description, but uh, tell us uh, about that thing you just uh, released, I think, yesterday. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So my friend Gabriel Connor Salter gave me an opportunity to do some freelance writing a couple months back, and I asked him if I could do a piece on John Foreman as a, uh, because I wanted to do... I wanted to write a piece on a modern artist and he uh, agreed. And so in the piece, I tried to capture how John and the guys in Switchfoot are inside the Christian music community, but also outside of that. So how they've been able to reach a wide audience. And um, I tried to capture John Foreman's prolific output his uh, love for surfing and <clears throat> music um, and why he's so respected and admired. Writing that was a great joy. Um, I will always remember giving him a copy of Surprise by Agape on his birthday at a show in Wilmington, North Carolina, and that was one of the most meaningful um uh, moments of my life and so getting to write a freelance article about my favorite musician brought me so much joy and I've been thankful for the positive response and I hope that he himself might read it perhaps <laughs> so uh, yes that piece meant a lot to me and uh uh, in it, I'll, I also tried to capture how Foreman uh, is inspired, as we talked about, by Lewis and Tolkien and McDonald. I just love the connection with that. And I look back on my journey and, um, you know, I had no idea who these writers were and I had no idea that Foreman would lead me to them. And his music changed my life. And that's why I found writing that piece so it 
exciting as well as the other reason. That's awesome. Yeah. We will uh, check out the show description. We'll have some links to that article, um, to Justin's books. And I uh, appreciate you coming on and keep inspiring, keep writing, keep following the modern day C.S. Lewis, <laughs> John Foreman. And, uh, <laughs> yes. and uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming on so much. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll catch a switch of a show sometime together. Indeed. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Performing a song from the soundtrack of the upcoming Disney film, The Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian, here is Switchfoot. I've got my memories They're always inside of me But I can't go back Back to how it was I've been leaving now I've come too far But I can't go back Back to how it was Created for a place I've never known This is home Now I'm finally where I belong Where I belong Yeah, this is home I've been searching for a place of mine Yeah.
Thank you very much.